tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's Word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Hey, how's everybody feeling? Y'all doing well? Hey, um, I know it's like almost 12 o'clock right now, um, but how many of y'all are ready to have some church? Okay. Well, I want you guys to make sure you stick around until the very end because we're going to be celebrating uh, two people raised to new life today. You might have noticed there is a baptism tub outside. And so um, I want to make sure that you... Uh, don't miss the opportunity to celebrate what God is doing in their life together with them. Um, so that's going to be after um, we finish in here, and we'll direct you uh, at that point. But if, if you have to go, I mean, I understand you have, you know, it's, it's Easter. A lot of people have um, dinner. I have dinner um, that's like in the crock pot cooking, and, um, but all my family's here, so they're not going to eat until I go. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but uh, yeah, so today is Easter, and um, I see a lot of new faces in here, so uh, welcome. Um, I am Pastor Andrew. Um, I'm the lead pastor, but that's um, our amazing founding pastor that you heard giving the tithe and offering, um, and he's also our lead teaching pastor, uh, Pastor Emeritus, and um, I call him the boss a lot. We call him the boss a lot. Um, and then Jason's over here. Will you wave your hand at them? He's going to come up and give an altar call in a little bit and give his story and some stuff too, but um, I want to talk to you guys today and uh, start a new series. So uh, for those of you who are near, new, this is your perfect perfect Sunday to, to be here because we're on a, a brand new series called This is Discipleship. And some of you may remember um, last year when we, we did this series, um, but I felt really impressed to go back to it again. Um, I feel like discipleship is probably one of the most important things, second to being a follower of Jesus, but it kind of really goes hand in hand together. Um, I think it's appropriate that we pray as we go into God's word, so you can bow your heads with me, or you can stand and watch. Jesus said you can stand and watch when you pray. Um, I do. I open my eyes a lot of times, but anyways. Father, we come before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. We need your help. Lord, we can't do any of this without you. We just tell them, God, I need you today. God, would you give me ears to hear? Give me a heart to be sensitive to know you, Lord. And I, I thank you for a fresh revelation and understanding flowing from your throne. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I really believe that uh, you're going to get what you wanted to get. You're going to get what you came here to get. So if you didn't want to get anything out of today, then you're probably not going to leave with very much. But if you came expecting to receive something, you're going to receive something real good. Um, and it's going to be a deeper understanding of where we're going as a body. I know that a lot of you come from other churches, and that's so cool. I love that you're here. I'm so thankful for the church. Come on. How many of y'all know that the capital C church is what this is all about? It's not about, the, you know, this church is the most important one in our city. We can't win our city by ourselves. It's going to take every church and every corner of this neighborhood. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. But uh, anyway, so... Discipleship is something that I really feel like God's been talking to us strongly about. And um, we say this, it's on the wall, you may have noticed it uh, as you walked in or walked out before, but we say this, we say that 
people matter and we want everyone to know Jesus. But the only way that can ever be a reality is that if we show, and this is the only reason I'm here, is because somebody showed me the sacrificial love of Jesus. Come on, can y'all make some noise for God's love that was poured out on Calvary? Yeah, hallelujah. That was kind of weak, but we'll, we'll try that again a little bit later. Um, that was a revelation, uh, a thought I had this morning. Um, I, I felt like it was a revelation because I'm like, man, like that's so powerful. Like discipleship, like showing somebody else what the love of, of God looks like is, is, is a long-term road. How many of you know that discipleship isn't easy? But you know what? Jesus chose to, to show love to Judas the same as he did everybody else. Judas was robbing him. The whole, the, I don't know how long, but he was, it was happening during his time. Uh, what, Peter denied him? But Jesus showed love the same to the people that, that stabbed him in the back, to the same people that stayed faithful. There was the only one at the cross on the, on the day of Calvary. Discipleship. So discipleship, what is discipleship all about? I'll give you a little, a little history from what I understand, which is not that much, but I know a little bit. Um, here's what's really interesting about, about discipleship. There has to be somebody who knows what they're talking about to be doing the discipling. Okay. Um, so, first of all, if you, uh, if you haven't gotten into this recently or it's not something you do every day, start there. Because if you don't have this, then you can't be a disciple maker. You can't make disciples if you don't know this. you got to be in it to know it. Come on, tell your neighbor. you got to be in it to know it. Uh, another thing about discipleship um, is this. So, for Jesus' day, time, and age, um, how they grew up at this era, um, some of the most esteemed things that you could do is be called to follow a rabbi. Somebody say follow. follow. You are, tell your neighbor you're called to follow. You're called to follow. We are called to follow. Uh, that's, that's my text in Matthew chapter uh, 419 that he said, come and follow me to two of the most unlikely candidates. Anybody here feel like you're not really good enough for Jesus or God sometimes, maybe a lot of times, maybe all always maybe it's like you feel like that all the time I do I feel like I'm unworthy but it's not about your worthiness it's about the price he paid to show you how much you're worth and so what's really interesting is that Jesus directly after he 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 goes into the wilderness he fasts for 40 days he comes back out of the uh the desert full of the spirit full of power the bible says and it says he, he's walking on the the shoreline the sea of Galilee and what's important to note about Galilee is this is that Galilee was was full of rough people, roughneck people. They were they were commoners, so to speak. And and I feel like I, I have some room to talk about this because I'm very common. I don't have a degree. I'm not I'm not somebody special. I, I, this is not something that I, I grew up in and that I knew ministry and this was going to be my calling. I, I was very common in the place that that I used to uh, like the rock and roll song, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I, that was that was what what I knew. And, and, I, and I hated my life because of that. But you know what? He called me despite of my past. Aren't you glad that Jesus calls us despite of, his, of our past, of what we're walking through, of what, where we are right now? Come on, some of, y'all, some of y'all are not in the prettiest places right now. I get it. It's okay. And so Jesus, who was so esteemed, called some of the most unesteemed people. Can, can we say unesteemed? unesteemed. Common. They, they weren't special. There was, no, there was nothing that qualified them to be called to follow a rabbi. See, because what, this thing that took place between the disciples, these very first two disciples, which um, Simon and Andrew, uh, 
Simon and Andrew. Um, normally, a rabbi would find somebody who had scored really good ACT scores, somebody who had gone to college prep school, somebody who had, had, had put in the hours, the, you know, had served, you know, and, and had a really good resume. But these guys were fishermen. They, they smelled. They had long, messy beards full of food. They, they, they stank because they spent weeks, weeks on end without showering because they, they, they worked. It was, a, it was a, a lot of labor to do it. If you, if you shook their hand, it would feel like a, a worker's hand. Have you ever shook somebody who, who uses their hands for a living? They're very rough. These guys were rough, and, they, and in every sense imaginable, I mean, think about it, fishermen. These guys only hung around with other guys. Do we know any guys that are like that? It's like, ooh, you stink, you talk bad, etc., etc. Jesus called some of the most lowly people. People in Galilee were, were the ones that the rabbis didn't go to this area to call people to follow them. They went to the synagogue. They went to the nice places. They went to, to Harvard to, you know, hey, you can come work at my, my law firm. They, they didn't come to Boma and find people to go to law school here to, to, you know, to go to work in their big law firm in New York. But that's what was taking place here. Jesus, who had the ability, come on, because at the age of 12, he was in the synagogue. Or younger, I think, actually. He was, he was in the synagogue, and they were amazed at his teaching. He had what it took to be one of the most, and was the most reputable rabbi, teacher of his day. Yet, despite all of this, he chose people who weren't worthy, who weren't reputable, who didn't have a good reputation. Does this sound like anybody in here? Anybody who, who wants to be honest? The reason I ask, does that sound like anybody? Because here's what I want you to hear. Here's what I believe the, the echo from heaven that I'm hearing today for, for us, for God's people, is, is what that scripture is. Can you put that up on the screen for me? Matthew chapter 4, that first one. If you, if you have the amplified version, I would love that. Then he said to them, come after me as what? Somebody help me out here. What does that say? As what? Come after me as what? One more time. Disciples. Tell your neighbor, you got to be a disciple. And I love this next part. It says, and let me be your guide. Letting me be your guide. If you're taking notes, if you, if you have a Bible that you can underline this part or write it in, I want you to do that this morning. I want you to write down this afternoon. It's 12. It's after 12. Jesus is my guide. You know Netflix isn't your guide. Google's not your guide. Siri is not your guide. CNN's not your guide. Facebook's not your guide. Instagram's not your guide. Snapchat's not your guide. You know, Jesus said, he didn't say, follow me on Twitter. He didn't say, follow me on Facebook. He did, you know, oh, yeah, I know him. I follow him online. Yeah, what's up? Oh, yeah, I seen him. He was, he was on the news. No, follow me, letting me be your God has to be something that was personal. It had to be something that was up close. He said that with me, up close. Up close and personal. You know, I know a lot of people that call themselves Christians, but yet they don't spend time in the Word every day. And I just, I'm telling you the truth here today that if you want to be a disciple, that's how you do it. That's how you be a disciple. Listen, you can't follow Jesus if you're not doing follow. I mean, Y'all know what English means, right? Like, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to be a Christian, 
then you have to follow him. How do you follow him? Like I said, the word. And, and, and listen, don't feel like I'm throwing stones here because just, just a couple of weeks, I don't have any need to tell you this, but I'm just going to be really, really honest with you this t- today. Just a couple of weeks ago, I really fell off the wagon, and I wasn't spending time in his word every day. And you know my life suffered extremely. It got bad quick, real fast. And some of y'all, your life has, has gotten bad. It's gotten bad fast, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because you're not spending time with him every day. Listen, I'm telling you the truth right now. If, if a king could come down and die for, for me, if he could show how much I was worth by shedding his blood on Calvary for me, then I think he's worth about 10 or 15 minutes out of my day, every day, at the beginning of the day. Put him first. Tell your neighbor, put him first. So anyways, being a disciple, that's where it starts. Will you keep that up on the screen for me? I know I normally tell you to, to take it down, but... He said, come after me, follow me. Can you, can you say that? Follow me. I, I don't have a, a whole lot of points today, and I, I recently I, I haven't had that many anyways. But I, I want us to really start there. If you're new here and you've never done this before, Christianity, being a believer, is new to you, start there. Be a follower. But don't just start there. Live there. In order for us to make disciples, which is the the one of the last things Jesus said before he went to heaven. Can you put that up on the screen, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19? He said, go into all the world and make, oh, she's putting it up there. You know it, go ahead. Make disciples. Go then and make disciples of who? Who, who you think that means? You, the people you like, the people you think their lifestyle is right? The people that smell right, because Jesus went to the smelly people. Jesus went to the people that are, now, I just had to warn you. There are some of you who are not ready for that, okay? Some of you are not ready to make disciples yet because you don't look like a disciple first. I got to tell you how it is. Somebody got to do it. I don't, you don't got to like me. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm telling you the truth because When the day comes, come on now, when it comes, tell your neighbor when it comes. When it comes, you're going to stand before Jesus Christ, and you're going to be asked to give an account for your life. Did you follow him? Were Were you devoted to following Jesus? Were you devoted to following his ways, his laws, his precepts? Did you write those things on your heart? Or were they just suggestions to you to love other people, to love God first with everything you got? Was that just something that you did on the weekends? Something that you did when you have time? I'm busy. Well, you know what? I felt like Jesus could have used that excuse before he went to the cross too. Busy. Trying to raise these hellions you gave me, Lord. Peter, deny me. Deny three times. Lord, I can't go to the cross yet. They ain't ready. Tell your neighbor they ain't ready. We can all we can all make excuses. But you know what? He made the ultimate excuse for us for a better way. And that's why he sent Jesus. To say, I repent, I change my mind. And I want you to know that, that if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, you can do that today. 
you can give your life and you can say, I repent. I changed my way from being self-absorbed, from following self. And I want to give my life to you, Jesus. But don't you dare do it if you're not ready to let go of everything. Don't you, don't you dare do it if you're not ready to hate your life in this world so that he can have everything from your heart. Because it's, it's, there's a price to pay. That's discipling, discipleship. If you, will you put that verse back up on the screen for me in Matthew chapter 4? Will you go to um, Matthew chapter 4 in 19? Okay, so he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And that's a great second point. If you don't have that down, that's a really good one. Um, something that I want you to, because I don't remember if it's the following verse or the, or the verse after that. Will you put 20 up for me? Ah, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. The price, what's it going to cost you? See what they did at once after he called them to follow him? What did they do? They what? They left. At what? At once they dropped everything in a moment, in an instant when they heard the call. Is anybody hearing the call today? To leave everything behind? To let go of everything? At once. Everything that they knew. That, that was able to give them life, that pertained to their ability to make a living, they dropped. Now, I'm not telling you to quit your job. Do not quit school. Do not quit your job. Do not move out and sell everything and give it to the poor unless the Lord tells you to. That's not what I'm saying. What I am trying to say is that at once they did this because they knew the cost of being a disciple. They knew the cost of what it meant to follow a rabbi. And in their day and time, that's, that was everything. They would leave everything to become a son, a follower of a teacher. Because it would set them apart. Their family would change. Everything in their life would change forever. Their lineage. Because of who they followed. They would, they would be known as the disciples of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not Nicodemus, not whoever else there was in, the, in his present day and uh, in, in his day and age and time. They followed him. I want you to say that with me. They followed him. Can you just say, this, say that with me? I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus with all my life. I follow Jesus. Uh, there's just something so sweet about saying that. Because that's where this starts. It's not about... It's not about you following Jesus because you have everything together. You don't. I don't. None of us do. We can't have it all together. We're not God. But I want to get ready to turn it over to somebody who I believe is, has a really good example of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus based off of what I see as his example as others who are following him in his example. So, Jason, it's all yours. You can come up here and take it away, man. Can we pray again? Just bow your heads for a second. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the word that we've already received, Father. And I just thank you by the revelation of the Holy Spirit that you're going to continue, Father, to reveal yourself in new ways, new dimensions, Father. Lord, I pray, Jesus, 
that every man and woman in this room, Father, would come to the fullness, full knowledge of who you are, Lord. Some of us understand you in part, but Father, you're revealing yourself in new ways, Lord, in this season. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that every mind be open to you, Father, that every ear be open to you, Father, that every heart be open to you. Lord, I pray that spirits in this room would be made whole. Lord, that you would reveal your power, Lord, in this room, Jesus. Father God, I pray by the Spirit of God, Lord, that you would begin to move, Lord, and let your righteousness be released, Father. Let the revelation, Father, of your Spirit be released, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, my name is Jason, and I'm the leader of Freedom Crusades, and we have our revival meetings here, and God has blessed us being able to take the fire of God to the nations where he calls us. So does fire excite anybody, or is that just me? I get excited, and uh, I'm going to tell you uh, that I get the luxury of getting to experience random things that happen in in the spirit realm. I'll be talking to somebody on the phone and just having a good time, dreaming about what God's doing. And then all of a sudden, about an eight-inch flame of fire starts flicking around my head. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, hold on one second. And then uh, one time uh, I was talking to Derek. And then right when fire ignited on my hair in the spirit. Now, now, is that possible? It happened in X. All I know is that it happens to me. And if it happened to you, I guarantee you it would be as real to you as it is to me. And I said, wait a second, Derek. And then poof, he's on the other end of the phone and fire hits his head. Okay? <laughs> that way he knew that what I'm, what I'm talking about was, was the real deal. So I'm just excited to be able to, to serve a God that's truly alive. I'm excited that Jesus paid the price for us to, to live again. And I'm, I'm going to, this story came to me that I want to share with you about this man that uh, visited my office, okay? So I'm, a, I'm in real estate and mortgage guy, kind of like Clark Kent, you know, had a, had a side job, you know, uh, and then when he gets called into uh, action, then, you know, he takes off his clothes, jumps out the window, and he flies to whatever uh, is happening. So I'm in my Clark Kent mode, and this guy comes into my office, and he's, uh, he's brought by a lady that cares about him, but he keeps going to prison back and forth, right? In, in prison, comes out, and you would think, you know, when you get out of prison, you're going to do things a little bit different, right? Prison's designed to get your attention, okay? But it's, he's been going in and out of prison over and over, so he just got out of prison. So what does he do? He cuts off his ankle bracelet, and he goes and gets high, Okay? Now, they know that he's gone, so can you imagine how fun it is to get high while the police are looking for you? <laughs> That's called paranoia. I know because I lived in an addiction, I would not want to get high while the police are looking for me. It would not be fun. And I spent, th- just so you know, 13 years of my life I spent uh, in addiction. So I was a hopeless case like this guy, okay? So when I'm seeing him, I'm being literally brought back I haven't had a drink by the grace of God in over 10 years, but I'm brought back to 23 years ago uh, when I start my my uh, my investigation of drugs and alcohol, you know, which now I have a, a doctorate in. So I go into this this remembering stage while this guy is talking to me about what it was like when I was addicted to drugs, and I'm thinking I forgot about that guy. 
And I'm sitting there listening to all of his stories about the insanity of what he's struggling with. And I'm thinking, I was like this. I, that, I was this guy. Now, I never made it to prison, but there's a reason why when I go into the prisons and I preach, they understand me. I don't have tattoos on my face like they do, but it doesn't matter. I'm, I have all jacked up stories that they know I'm one of them, right? But I made it to the other side. So what I'm going to talk to you about today is how do you make it to the other side? If you've got areas of your life that you have sin in your life and you can't make it to the other side, there's a power greater than yourself, and that is Father God, okay, that is Jesus, that he puts his spirit in you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some very simple, basic truths that's going to help you to cross over from the, from the desert and into the promised land. That's if you're interested. Is anybody interested? Okay, so I was talking to this guy in my office, that, this is just this week, and he starts telling me, I cut my ankle bracelet off, and I'm out there, and you know, I just, I, I just had to get high. I said, man, wow, was it fun? He says, no, I hated it. They were looking for me the whole time. I'm like, why'd you do it? I just had to do it. Sin was more powerful than his ability to choose right from wrong. Does anybody have that experience in this room? Is anybody a slave to sin? Has anybody ever been a slave to sin? Okay. Would anybody like to experience more freedom than you already have? Okay. Do you think it's possible for to receive more? Okay, God gave me a revelation on the on the more thing that I've been hovering over for about two months. Because have you ever seen me say there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more? Well, God just gave me the other part of that. Um, it's not as exciting, but uh, you're going to tell you that. So anyway, this guy's talking about how it's not fun. He, but why did you do this? Because I'm a slave. I have lost the ability to choose right from wrong. I'm a reprobate. The, the Bible calls it a reprobate. You send so much, so much, so much, so much that God has no other choice but to turn you over to your sin. And he, he doesn't love you less. He just can't come where you are. Okay? You've chosen another life that doesn't fit with the alignment of who He is. And He loves you and He's calling you and He's saying, I have a better plan for you. I have, I have a dream for you. If you would only know what I want for you, you would receive what I have and you would quit selling your soul for this counterfeit. Because what you're choosing is not His best. He has a plan for you, Jeremiah 29, 11, A plan to prosper you, not to harm you. He has a plan to give you hope and a future. But you have to choose it because you have free will. You can go as low as you want. Trust me, I know because I went there. Okay? You can keep digging this hole and just go deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm going to tell you a truth that a lot of people don't want to hear. It took me almost about as long to get out of the hole that I dug as it did to, to, to dig it. I'm telling you the truth. There's a price that we pay for our sin. And he is a loving God. And Jesus paid the price. This is Resurrection Sunday. And I'm going to tell you, if there was one thing that you need to hold on to on Resurrection Sunday, I'm telling you, you don't have to live in your sin anymore. He paid the price. He conquered sin once and for all. You have the ability to receive what He has for you today if you, by your free will, choose to accept it. But He has loved you so much that He gave you free will. 
So this man had free will. He decided, you know, I'm going to cut my little ankle bracelet off. And he had free will. He had scissors. It was, he could do whatever he wanted. He can dig his hole as deep as he wants to dig it. Right? Did God intervene? Did God say, stop? Do not do that. Please don't do it. Now, he'll, the conviction is there. But some of us become so numb to conviction, we can't hear his voice anymore because he's, he's crying. He's telling you, son, don't do that. Don't do that. It, it's contrary to my plan for you. Don't do that. I have something better for you. If you will walk in obedience, do you remember all those promises you made me when you were in prison? Do you remember all those, I'll never do this again if you'll give me another chance? This is that chance, son. Don't do it. Snip. That was so last week, Father. I want to do what I want to do. I want to feel good. Now think about this. I'm a guy that has literally been there and done that. I know what it's like to get high. I know what it's like to feel the fear 15 minutes later. I know what it's like to come down. I know what it's like to be a slave. I know what it's like to sit in my office and my dad's visiting me from out of town. And then all of a sudden, like those little cartoons where that little scent comes through. And then you smell it and then you start floating away. Have you ever seen those little cartoons? All I had to do, all the enemy had to do was say, come here. And I had to obey. I was a slave. By every sense of the, of, of the meaning, I was completely a slave. I had lost the ability to choose. So when the guy cuts off his ankle bracelet, there's no condemnation in Christ, and there's also no condemnation in me. I understand what it's like to do really stupid things, okay? I understand, okay? But I get to tell him, say, you know what? Gold and silver I have none. But what I do have I can give to you. Because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. Okay, and so whenever it's time for you to repent, whenever it's time for you to get sick and tired of being sick and tired, whenever you get to the point where you want to break up with your girlfriend that's trying to kill you, and in your case that's crack cocaine, I'm telling you, God will help you sever that soul tie, right? But you need a power greater than yourself, and there's only one, and that's Jesus. Jesus has, the, has shed his blood to break off every curse that we have come into alignment with. And I'm telling you, it was our own free will that gave the enemy power over us. It was us that did it. It's him that sets us free. Apart from him, we can do no thing. But in and through him, we can do all things. He wants to set us free completely free. The thing about it is, is we don't know what free means. Do you know why I know? Because I see people, this might offend one person. And if it does, we'll pray for you. I see people go from drug addiction, bondage, to spiritual bondage in the church. Because they don't know the difference. They don't know the difference. You can be just as bound in church as you can in your addiction. So God wants us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is real freedom. When we, re when we receive His Spirit and we yield ourselves to Him in every way, He sets us free. 
And he doesn't want another person to bind you. He wants you to walk in freedom. Now, does freedom mean I can do whatever I want whenever I want? No, that's not what freedom is. Freedom is completely, utterly yielding yourself to a God that loves you. And following the cloud of his presence one day at a time. It's actually the opposite of rebellion. It's complete, utter submission to the one that sets you free. And that's, through, that's Jesus Christ. He restores you completely into freedom in him. Now, sometimes you'll enter into unhealthy relationships that will bind you. And see, the thing is, is there's no condemnation in Christ. If you're doing something that deep down you're questioning, should I be living the way that I'm living? There's no condemnation in Christ. But I'm going to tell you, ask yourself right now, are you bound? That's not freedom. If you're bound, that's not freedom. And if you're bound and you want to be set free today, the good news is, is there's a whole lot of Holy Spirit available to you today. Okay? Now listen to me. This guy started, started crying. I mean, you could just tell he was, he was a know-it-all. Okay? When you do a lot of drugs, you become a know-it-all. So the good thing is, is I'm an I'm uh, ex-know-it-all. And so I'm sitting there, know-it-all to know-it-all, and we're just talking. And I'm, you know, and I'm listening for Holy Spirit, trying to find where he is in the moment, right? Because my intellect's not going to set that man free. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So I'm just waiting for Holy Spirit to, that's the, that's the key, right? So we're praying, and then all of a sudden, I could just, I don't feel like he's ready to be set free. Just the, the, what I'm discerning in the moment. So I said, I said, have you ever received the Holy Spirit? That's my default. You know, if, if all else fails, let's just put the Holy Spirit in you, right? <laughs> now, why do I do that? Okay, first of all, was he a Christian? He claimed to be. Am I supposed to deny his salvation or am I supposed to affirm? His? So I rededicated. Just in case we rededicated and a little tear goes, there's something in him that wants to be set free. There's a drug addict that says, I don't want to be set free. I hate you. I know you're, I know you're, we lost you, but we're going to take this one. But there's that little soul inside of him that just this tear that went down his cheek. See, the thing of it is, is we have two people. Many of you have heard this before. I'm telling you, there's an old Jason and there's a new Jason. And that old Jason's still in there. It tries every now and then to come out. Okay. And I'm telling you, like what Pastor Andrew says, is we do have to stay in the Word. We do have to feed our spirit. Because what I've learned is, is my spirit's even get, either getting bigger or it's shrinking. It doesn't stay steady. It doesn't stay steady. I'm either getting hotter or I'm getting colder. Maybe it's different for you, but for me, I'm either getting hotter or I'm getting colder. And the enemy knows what he's doing when he tries to cut us off from the presence of God. And what he does is, he's, I'm telling you, he distracts us with whatever he can distract us with. Okay? So, getting back to this guy. So, this, I started praying with him. He, he said that he was saved, so I rededicated uh, just one more time just to be sure because you have to have that foundation. So I said... Okay, are you ready to receive the Holy Spirit? And a lot of weird things happened. I shouldn't have said that. That just came out of my mouth. I've had some very interesting 
moments in my office. A lady went back in time and uh, relived a uh, an abduction when she was uh, abducted by at gunpoint in the back of a car. That literally, she went unconscious and started speaking it out loud. I thought she was demon possessed. She was not. She literally went back. Holy Spirit took her back in time and let and healed her. Then brought her back and she popped up and didn't remember the anything. Okay, I've seen things that some people cannot. They just can't hear. Okay. But I'm telling you, so I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm going to release fire and see what happens. Okay? <laughs> so I'm praying with him, and he starts receiving. Like I was saying, his tears streaming down his cheek. But nothing significant other than the presence, the Spirit of God himself went into him. He didn't fall. He didn't get loud. didn't cough up anything. We just prayed, and that was it. Okay. So then he goes home, leaves, and then I call later on that night, and I'm, I'm checking on the person that brought him to my office, the, the person that cared for him, right? And I said, I said, how's your, your friend doing? And he says, and then the husband was right there, and, uh, and he says, well, I've known him all of his life, and he's been insane the whole time I've known him. That guy can never get free. Okay, he just he can't get free. He's a hopeless case. And it just just bubbled out. It wasn't this great revelation. It was literally like my spirit just had something to say about that. And I said, I hear what you're saying. But here's what I know. I know that God just put his spirit in him. And Ezekiel 36, 25 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship the idol of your drugs. And I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit in you. I will take out your heart of stone and I will place inside of you a tender and responsive heart. Now listen, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will be able to walk in obedience. Do you know I found... Now listen, we're going to digest that a second. I will make it possible for you to be obedient. In other words, before that, it's not possible for you to be obedient. This obedience that you're trying to walk in, it's not, you're, it's not possible. Now, oh, I received the Holy Spirit when, uh, when I believed. Well, Acts 19.1 says there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that can, be in, that, that can occur just by the laying on of hands. Yes, by revelation of the Holy Spirit, you received salvation. But there's another experience with Holy Spirit where he, makes, he puts his spirit in you. And he makes it possible for you to follow his commands. Psalms 51.12 says, grant me the willingness to obey you. And I will teach others your ways, and they will return to you. He says, actually, return, to, return me to the joy of my salvation. He makes it possible for us to follow His commands. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. But in and through Him, we can do all things. It's Him that strengthens us. So if you're finding yourself bound in any way, can I get the worship team up here for a second? If you're bound in any way, and you need to taste freedom today. Now listen, humble yourselves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell you, pride will keep you right where you're at. Okay? Fear will keep you where you're at. Who, is there somebody that needs a breakthrough in their life? Just it, like anybody? Like one person? We have one person that needs a breakthrough. I'm talking about breakthrough in any way. I'm not even talking about salvation. 
If you don't need a breakthrough, you're the most well-put-together group of people I've ever met in my life. I need a breakthrough. I'm raising my hand for real. I'm telling you the truth. We need breakthroughs, but we, we, we get bound. I, 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 can't, I can't get my breakthrough because I'm scared. I want to tell you one of the greatest breakthroughs we all need is the opinions of man. Okay? It is robbing you, us, from walking into the next level of what God wants for us. We are more worried about what people around us are thinking than what God is thinking, and that is messed up. Okay, there is a, there is a boundary set up. I'm talking to the ones that have already received salvation. The first thing that, that the enemy tries to do is to take your soul for eternity. But once he loses that battle, once he's lost you, okay, once you're saved, then the next thing he needs to do is to bind you so you're a useless Christian. And I'm telling you, I got sick and tired of being a bound, useless Christian. I decided I don't care about what people think. You know what? Let me say it this way. I, I decided that, yes, I do care what people think, but I'm sick of it. And I'm going to step through that. I'm going to move through that barrier, and I'm going to walk on this water because I am sick and tired of this boat. <laughs> and I see miracles now. And you know what? I'm thankful for the miracles, but I want more. I want to go so far out of the boat, I can't even see the shore anymore. Now listen to me for a second. We want more. Is there anybody that wants more that Jesus has to offer? I'm, not, I'm asking legitimately. Do you know what God said to me this week? I said, Father, we want more. We want more. He says, give me more. He said, you can, you can have all of me that you want, but I have to give more of myself to him. Guys, listen. We're step, stepping into a season where church as normal is not going to work anymore. There's a separation between the hot and the cold. And it's not the enemy that's doing it. It's, it's our Father. It's, it's, he's giving you a, a decision. I believe that the decisions that we're making in this season, in some way, form, or fashion, determine what happens on the other side for eternity. I don't know what that looks like, but I know that there's a parable when the ruler went off and he was made king and he came back and he rewarded his servants for what they did with, the, with his investments and their reward were cities that sounds like rulership to me am I wrong? we get to rule and to reign with Christ and ought to be completely candid with you I don't, I don't do what I do on this earth trying to get extra cities on the other side I don't think about that but what I do know is I cannot stand seeing people bound anymore. There's something that burns inside of me, probably because I was bound at, an, at a level that most people don't even understand. But I hate the enemy equally as bad as I was bound. And my assignment at this stage of my life is to bring freedom to as many people as I can before God takes me up. Uh, and, I, and I get to answer for what I, what I did with the, the life that he gave me. So why am I saying this? Humble yourselves. Give him more of you so that he can give himself all of him. Are you willing to yield yourself and humble yourself before a living God? 
Guys, this is a season where, yes, Jesus conquered the grave. He was resurrected again. He's, he's made it everything possible. But if we don't respond to what He did, then it is not available to us. We have to make a decision that we don't want what this world has to offer. That we want everything that Jesus has. And that, yes, He's made it possible, but He's waiting on us to respond. So if I have to ask you today, is there something that you need to lay at the altar? Give it to Him today. Now is your time. Now is the call. This is the altar. Come now and lay it at the altar right now. That's a call to action. If you'll respond, He will too. If God's calling you to lay something down in your life, I'm asking you to come kneel at the altar. And I'm going to pray with you. We are the worship team. We're going to pray. We're going to worship for a moment. Let's wait one second. Pastor, you can stay. We're going to worship, but listen, this isn't a call. You're not doing this for me. This is between you and Jesus. We're going to worship. And you just soak for a second at the, in the chair where you are. And you just ask Jesus one thing. Father, is there anything in me that is not clean that needs to be laid at the altar? Is there anything that I need to do to get my heart right so that I can receive all of who you are? Ask Him, and He will respond. Let Him pour His, let Him sprinkle clean water on your heart and make you whole this morning. If you need a fresh touch, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, let Him touch you and put His Spirit in you. Humble yourselves today. Press in to touch the hem of His garment and He will make you whole. He wants more of you. He wants all of you. But are you willing to give Him more so that He can give you more? I'm going to step out of the way. We're going to worship. But as Holy Spirit confirms to your heart that He wants you to lay down any area that He touches on your heart, then just come to the altar. Well, you might say that I don't need to respond. I don't need to go to the altar. I can do the, my business right there in my chair. That's pride. That's fear. That's fear of man. And it is a bondage. I'm telling you, God will respond. But you have to take a step. How do I know that? I had to do the same thing myself. He responds to your inaction with inaction. He responds to your action with action. This is a beautiful day. God can change your life. Can you put on the screen uh, the, the little postcards? It says, this could change your life forever. This could change your life forever. The decision that you're making this morning could change and will change your life forever. You cannot give God your whole heart and it not change your life forever. There are areas of your life that you know we need to get right. And in this next season that we're moving into, He wants to make you whole. So Father God, we thank You, Lord. Jesus, we lift You up, Father. This morning we honor You, Father. We honor the price that You paid on the cross, Lord. 
We praise you, Father, for conquering hell, Lord, and we rejoice in the fact that you resurrected, Father, on the third day. You've made it possible, Father. I'm seeing keys. He's showing me keys. (laughs) He's giving you keys to the grave. (laughs) He's giving you keys to areas that have been locked. Some of you have said, I've labored too long. I've sowed too many seeds, but the harvest never came. He's given you keys to unlock the doors that have contained your harvest. Some of you have breakthroughs that have been aborted or delayed. God's given you keys this morning. You don't know. 